You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. For me, as I step into this role, I can already be thinking about who's next because I've already seen that play out and God be faithful in it. And we know that God will continue to yeah. be faithful in it. And so for me, uh, even as I step into this this season, it's, it's exciting, you know, because part of the Great Commission is to go and make disciples and that's what we get to do. And it's, it's just so cool. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor. We got a special episode after a special message called Who's Next? I was about to say, What's Next? It's Who's Next? And we're joined by not two, but three special guests and friends. First, we've got Ben Kioski. Then we've yes. got Jose Averroa. Hello. And we've got Joel Hernandez. First time on the podcast. Hello. All Excited three to be here. of y'all. Welcome. Welcome. Ben, I'd love to give you the first word as you delivered uh, amazing, great, heartfelt message of encouragement to the church and sharing a little bit about, about the announcement. I'm assuming everyone that's listening to this listened to the message uh, from Sunday, but would love to get more of your behind-the-scenes thoughts as you prepared for this message. One of the things I know you mentioned from the stage was that, I mean, I can't imagine how you pick what to say in the span of 20, 30 minutes in a message like this, but how did you kind of narrow it down to the three uh, kind of exhortations that you gave us and, and kind of what was that process like preparing for a special day like that? Uh, yeah, so... You know, I went through a lot of um, ideas about what to say and different messages and things that I thought would encourage the church in general, um, but none of it really kind of stuck with me um, as, as as what would be best. And so uh, what I wanted to do is I definitely wanted to, to thank the church for everything that they've invested in me over the years, um, um, but also wanted to give, you know, charge and, and, and encouragement uh, to continue on in those things. And so I just kind of boiled it down to some principles that have really, I've never really written all of those things down or anything, but just some things that have, that I've kind of distilled. Really, that's for my personal, for my personal life, you know, and how I've, I've learned to walk with Jesus, specifically through the, the nurturing and raising up that I've received at Cypress Creek Church. And so that's kind of how I arrived at it. Mm. And then, you know, like I said, like I said uh, uh, during the message, I, I just happened to find that letter <laughs> Sunday morning, which is funny because that's that's what it was for. That's what that's mm-hmm. what the whole idea was. And so that was uh, a gift from, from God for me to find that and uh, be able to read those things. And I hope that they were encouraging. So that's kind of, I mean, simple as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited just to talk to the three of y'all because I love how you highlighted three aspects of the culture that is, I think, unique. And I haven't been a part of many churches in my life, but just already seeing in the years that I've been here, just the the difference that, uh, just the differences in the way that Cyprus does things. And that's an example of uh, leaders that have come before us even, and just the example that they said. And so I love how you kind of highlighted those three. So I want to jump into those. Uh, I also think it's cool, Joel, you being in the mix, because you're not just brand new, you've been a part of this culture before. And so uh, I think just even getting a chance to hear your thoughts as you've seen this play out uh, just over your years. So Ben, one of the first ones you mentioned was starting with a question. Uh, You gave a lot of personal examples how this question was significant. But you just started with, uh, what is one thing I know is not in obedience to Jesus that I can change right now? And I thought it was cool because you gave certain examples woven throughout your story of how you found Cyprus. But just uh, one thing I wrote down here,
here, just the, the concept that uh, founding pastor Rob mentioned about the tree of good and evil. And uh, one point I just wrote down here in my notes that I thought was, was neat was just you saying how you can be right and you can be dead right, but that that's just what you are. You're being dead right. You're not bringing about life. So what is, in your opinion, the biggest practical difference between being you know right in a way that gives life and in a, in a right that gives death in a sense? I'd love to hear y'all's three uh, thoughts on that. Yeah, so the basically to distill a super powerful, approximately forty-minute message that I heard <laughs> nearly twenty years ago um, into into a minute snippet um, or less. Uh, essentially, you know, if you think about what well, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which was the tree in the garden that that we as as humanity chose to disobey God by partaking of, um, what it revealed was the knowledge of good. And evil, the knowledge of right and wrong, and our, and when we attained that knowledge, it delivered unto us death. Now, yeah, there's a bunch of theological arguments around original sin and stuff about that, but for practical purposes and discussion, it delivered to us death. It introduced death, uh, physical death, to us uh, as humans. And when we are focused on the nuts and bolts of uh, what Scripture says and the nuts and bolts of do this, don't do that, touch and don't touch, eat, don't eat, um, sort of the religious rules that we as people have added over the generations, over the years from from biblical times until now, those religious things, when we focus on those things, we might be right about those. We might be able to find uh, scriptural uh, support for those or, or, or liturgical precedent for them. But they don't deliver life. They don't build people up. And oftentimes, not always, of course, that's the type of fundamentalism that we talk about when we refer to fundamentalists that doesn't deliver a gracious Christianity. It doesn't deliver a life-giving Christianity. But the tree of life, which is, of course, Jesus, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, you know, Jesus in his oneness with God the Father and the Holy Spirit, um, delivers a life full of grace and love and, and, and accommodation and that isn't worried just about the, the, the uh, oh, you sinned, you didn't sin, this is good, this is bad. But it's the same, it's the same spirit that, that Jesus wrote on the ground, began writing on the ground and said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. It's that spirit of life that the tree of life is, in my estimation. Yeah, that's really good, Ben. And your example, your testimony was so powerful because you shared it so authentically and also, um, you know, giving credit to Jesus. He came to bring us life. He could have given us a much lower score than 86 <laughs> as a church and also as individuals, yeah. but uh, he, he doesn't see us that the, the, the heart of the Father is uh, to love us and to care for us and to make sure that we experience um, forgiveness and, and all of those things. That's the story of, of of the Bible. So obedience really should be done knowing that God loves us, not in order to gain God's love or anything like that. So thinking of my life, um, that was a, you know, the, the dot, dot, dot right now, that's what I was like, ooh, okay, let's go. Let's go there right now. Yeah. You know, what is one thing? And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's time on this thing. I'm holding up my phone. Uh, that's one thing that I know my hand is even cramping for how much time I spent with my uh, hand on my phone. And, and it's a lot of reading. I do a lot of reading, a lot of different articles, scripture, a lot, of, a lot now is just in this one device, whereas before we may turn 
book pages or whatever. Um, but it's still not good for me. So I'm sharing my one thing of obedience um, is on, on tapping from my phone. I told Taylor this morning that I really think that my hand cramp is directed to that and with the message. That's one thing that I can put down and I can just look up. I can, you know, go to God in, in my thought time versus looking at the screen all, all day long. So... For sure. And I think for me, one of the things you asked what the difference was, and I think for me, it's humility because we look at Jesus and in Philippians, it tells us Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And that to me is the difference in, you know, loving people well. And um, and then, you know, the question of the the what's the one thing right now, for me, that has been social media. And so right now I currently have literally given up yeah. social media because of how much time I was just spending scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I was like, all right, God, right now I'm just putting it away. So and I'm not saying that that's full-time or anything like that, but I think in this season, it was like, man, let me just, you know, get rid of something that's holding me back from connecting with God. Mm. And I didn't intend it at the time, but just thinking about, you know, something that you say all the time, Jose, that, uh, you know, we're imperfect people mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, like the perfect God or however it is you say it. <laughs> yeah, we're here to follow the only perfect yeah, one. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that concept of what can I change, what's one thing I can change right now, actually kind of speaks to that. Mm-hmm. It, it says, I, I, I know I'm not perfect and like, it's not all going to happen all at once, but what's one thing that I can think of in my current situation mm-hmm. that I need to bring into obedience to Jesus? And that's really, I mean, that's, it's a great self-monitor, you know, that I've learned through the work of this church. So Yeah. And I would encourage, you know, if you're listening, it may be a big thing, but you start small. That's right. And, and it may be a, a, an addiction you know, for example, well, it's, you can't just think like, I'm going to break this addiction forever. You got to do it day by day, as they say at CR and in 12-step programs, moment by moment. And Mm -hmm. so it's the right now. Mm -hmm. I can't control what next week will, you know, have in store, but what is something that I can do right now? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you can make a decision. I'm going to community group. I'm going to share this with somebody. Those are things that are powerful because, again, sometimes I, I've compared myself to others and, and thought I will never be like that person. I will never be as close to God as that one person is. But that's, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, mm-hmm. sees, he sees it all. So um, the question is, are we willing to be obedient? Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a great segue here, Ben, into your second point, which is uh, that it's more important who you are, not what you do. Right. And uh, again, something that you call out in the church culture. I love how you just said from the stage that we live near Austin, so you could find you know a thousand uh, musicians to, to fill a spot. But but particularly with you leading worship ministry, focusing on the character and on being with God. Uh, another kind of quote that I, I wrote down, which was good, is that you can't lead someone to a place you haven't been. And I just thought I was like, oh, okay. Let me think about that for a second. And just the idea, the power, and uh, and really the significance of spending time with God. And I know that looks different for each person and what, kind of what that looks like. But Ben, starting with you, would love to just know kind of what, what does that look like practically for you? Or how do you remind yourself of that truth as far as um, you're more important who you are than what you do? Um, I think, you know, there's, there's always, uh, when we're dealing with uh, spiritual issues and following Jesus, a lot of times... Uh, quite frequently for a lot of people, including myself, we're asking identity questions. You know, who am I? Am I important? Do people see me? Um, all, all of that sort of stuff. And a lot of times in order to fill that void, in order to answer that question, 
we lean on our talents or things that we're, you know, whatever we're naturally good at or things that we can grab attention with. And so in our, in our culture, in, in, in our desire to have a, a settled identity in ourselves, we naturally lean towards creating an identity according to what we can accomplish, what we can offer to a situation, what our, what our job successes are, what... Um, and then within the church, you know, what, what I can offer to the church, what talent I have, something that I have that's unique and different and separate and better or whatever than someone else. And that mentality leads to levels of spirituality, leads to this is a good guy, this is a bad guy, this gal has it figured out, this gal doesn't have it figured out. And, and that leads to those perceptions in our mind. But when we shift that to understanding it's more important that we remember that we are all children of God mm -hmm. and that he has gifted us each according to the grace that he's administered through his wisdom and his omniscience to each of us. When we shift our thought to being children of God and serving God and honoring God with the things that he's given us, that helps us go down the road of, of, of honoring him instead of worrying about how we rate compared to others. So really, it's a way to circumvent the comparison game mm -hmm. and understand that, that life is bigger than your function. Mm -hmm. uh, following Jesus, loving God, serving your family is more important than blowing the leaves off at the church before the, you know, before the service. You know, um, I'm leading and loving people and caring for people within the culture of, of the church and reaching people that haven't met Jesus yet is more important than your ability to play the guitar. And that our credibility in anything that we do, particularly spiritually, comes from our connection to the Father. Eventually, if we live in, in something that's disconnected and relies only on our own strength, which our talents we've taken from God anyway because he gave them to us. But when we rely only on our own selves, it will always return void <laughs> because we can't replace the work that God does in individuals. And so it, all, it releases us and gives us freedom when we have the perspective of, I want to honor God, I want to follow God and all the things that I do. So that when there's an issue there, if we create that culture and live in that culture with one another, if I'm struggling and I'm in ministry or I'm in service alongside of Joel, um, Joel and those others that are around me, they can give me the space to get in the right place and to work through whatever issue it may be, rather than just requiring me to perform my function. Mm -hmm. I hope that made sense. Yeah. I love, Ben, how you have made that such a huge part of worship ministry specifically. And it's an important one because, well, filled with musicians in the worship ministry. And uh, something about musicians, um, I mean, we're all insecure, <laughs> you know? I mean, we're all insecure as humans, obviously, but musically, you want to sound good. You, you want to play well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so whenever you hear somebody else playing, you immediately, there is that natural, like, Oh, compare. Yeah. And and so you, you've done a terrific job. You said yesterday, I've said this ad nauseum. I'm so glad that you have because mm -hmm. it's it's so crucial. Uh the the it's always 
interesting how God makes all things work. Like musicians from the Bible, they're the ones that led the way in, in, in Jericho when the trumpets sounded. You know, it wasn't arms or spears, it, it, was, it was music. Uh, worshipers were very, very close to the presence of God then and, and they still are now. And so the fact that we've had character as a priority um, has everything to do with your leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I mean, we're sitting, this is proof, you know, Joel, you're a man of great character because Ben's a man of great character and he's poured into you. And, sure. and it's sure. part of our culture at Cyprus is that who you are is way more important than what you do. So I just wanted to thank you for that. Thanks, man. And um, that's something that we got we to gotta, we gotta keep up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think this is probably my favorite point that you made yesterday because I was in a part of the worship culture from when you started being the worship pastor until 2019 when uh, we moved to Cedar Park. And now, obviously, we're back. But I watched that phrase change so many people's perspective from it really is like, I don't have to perform. I don't have to, you know, do these things for God. I really just have to work on my relationship and then lead from that place. And it, it shaped, you know, the worship culture in your tenure. And it's something that I think is rare and so cool because it makes it less about an individual yeah. and more about God. And, and that is so cool. Yeah, And I think, yeah, I think it also... It says, I love you in practice mm. rather than just in word, you know, yeah. um, mm. to an individual person mm. who is insecure, you know, like, mm. to, you know, speaking in that, in that, you know, that, uh, that smaller world of just like music culture and the, and the, and, and worship stuff is that it says, I love you to the individual because I'm willing to spend time or whoever that is, you know, whoever is, 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 is leading or whatever, I'm willing to spend time with you that has nothing to do with yeah, your function right? because right. I care about you mm-hmm. and I love you, yeah. which is what, I mean, that's what Jesus tells us to do that's is right. to love people, not, you know, make sure that they get the chords right. Yeah. You know, I'd rather take a train wreck drummer who loves Jesus and just is on fire and growing that's right. than, than a professional. I mean, that's yeah. just my personal opinion. And bad drums really bother me, too. You know? so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a big thing for me. I'm so upset that Ryan didn't play the cowbell last week when he had the opportunity <laughs> <Cowbell>. to. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, yeah, Ben, you loving Joel and then not only him, but just all throughout the team, I think is a cool representation of this third point you had, which is who's next and uh, just the a unique uh, opportunity for you to introduce uh, Joel and just the impact that uh, that you've had on his life and just to see that, uh, again, I think about the, the wedding picture, just how that's such a cool way of, of you just having done Joel Mallory's wedding and and just the, the sign of what that is. But but this concept in general is one that can be hard as far as for those that we we all have pride, we all have ego, and at least uh, speaking from experience, I, I, I want to feel like I'm important, so I'm the only one that can do the job. You know, I think, I think that way sometimes, and yet this mindset, this culture is who are we raising up to fill our spot and not making it about us, but making it about uh, just the kingdom and the mission that we're on. And um, you talked about, Ben, just some things I wrote down here, just about something that I thought was neat, how you said you learned this both 
through leadership, but also just through community group and through being not only leading the worship team, but even as a member beforehand. It's just how this has been woven throughout this concept of empowerment, concept of discipleship. Um, I know that all four of us uh, are a living testament to that culture yeah. here mm-hmm. uh, in this church. But mm-hmm. but what are some ways, maybe for someone that doesn't necessarily know what that looks like? Like it could be maybe just either as a parent in a workplace, uh, just in relationships and community group. What does it look like for someone when they're asked, okay, who's next? Like, what does that kind of look like? And then also, how do you just keep, especially in a world that's constantly trying to make us think that it is all about us, how do you really try to make it about others and about empowering others? I feel like that's such a <laughs> such a hard thing to balance on a day-to-day basis. Ooh, that's a big question. Um, I think uh, what what I keep thinking about is is what that mentality does, hopefully, and, and has done for me. Uh, which I didn't come up with it. I've learned it, as you yes, said. I just yeah. want to reiterate that. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Eddie, one of the the first, you know, longtime worship leaders, he was always putting people out front. And so before any words were spoken about that idea, I always watched him do that. Mm-hmm. He was always putting others out front. And, uh, you know, so I, I saw that from, from, from early on. Um, but for me, the whole who's next thing, it reminds me, or, or it teaches me to remember from whence I came and to remember that for whatever, for whatever um, um, talent or skill or ability to lead, to, to, to sing, to play, to do any of those things that you might see in me, that was developed both practically and spiritually by yielding to the Spirit, but also people that were in my life and remembering that there are people who gave me the opportunities along the way, according to however the Spirit was prompting them in their leadership roles. And I think, the, my opinion, the first step to living in that mentality is to remember that people gave you an opportunity. People came alongside you. And when the Bible talks about bearing with one another and having long-suffering and remembering, you know, the times that, that maybe I didn't have a good attitude or, or that I did something stupid or I left somebody hanging. When someone comes onto the team that wants to do it and they make mistakes, instead of being like, all right, this, this person's done. It's like, nah, you know, I, I, I made some of those same mistakes, you know, and were it not for those giving me grace, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so extending the same grace that I've expected for myself uh, I think is has become something that's easy for me. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't always, but once I learned to do it, it's like, you know, people are people, and we can't, you know, if we're going to make a list on somebody, then we're keeping a record of wrongs. And I think I remember 1 Corinthians yeah. 13 saying that love Jesus doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're really loving people, I mean, man, it's kind of it's hard to say I have this list of petty offenses against you. <laughs> And then say, I love you. Um, so that doesn't, that's hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, to remember the grace given to us both by God and those around us and offer that to those who are coming up that God has entrusted to us in whatever part of our life or church life that we're in is a way to bring other people up, I think. You said something profound yesterday, Ben. Take your testimony in your Bible 
and read the Bible with someone, don't preach at them. And I think that's such a practical thing to do when we are asking the question, who's next? And not only vocationally, you know, as if you're in the workplace, that may be hard to think like, who's gonna take up your place? But if you're in a community group, you know, community group leader is the next step. And I hope you have somebody that is pouring into you. If you're a community group leader, that's the next step is pour into somebody. And we have everything that we need. We have God's word. And then we have somebody else um, I can share personally. That's why I'm here. Someone did that with me. It wasn't, although they were further along their journey with Jesus, they brought me along to theirs and they were real with their doubts and their questions and their you know, tensions. And um, that's, that's how you create this culture of, of who's next. Second Timothy 2.2 is the you know, point, Paul speaking to Timothy to entrust the things that Paul entrusted to Timothy to others who will then entrust to another generation. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's biblical and it's for a reason. We said this earlier, but it, it, it's not about us. Mm-hmm. You said it, Joel. It's not about us, it's about him. And so you just pass it, pass it on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that you shared yesterday too, Ben, is you shared that Galen was the first one that had you out front and he passed that on to you, you know. And now I said it yesterday, but man, you I wouldn't be standing here in this role if it wasn't for you and how cool that that passes from, you know, the generation to generation yeah. to generation. And for me, as I step into this role, I can already be thinking about who's next, because I've already seen that play out and God be faithful in it. And we know that God will continue to be faithful in it. And so for me, uh, even as I step into this, this season, it's, it's exciting, you know, because part of the great commission is to go and make disciples and that's what we get to do. And it's, it's just so cool. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, living in who's next automatically answers the question, what's next? For whoever you're handing it off to and like whatever, whatever's next for me will be in front of me according to what God does. But I will say this, it's kind of sort of counterculture, both church culture and culture at large to replace yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because you want to see your value. But I'll just say like... <laughs> Now I get to do the fun stuff, man. (laughs) I'm hanging around, you know. I get I get to do actually what I did that made leading worship Mm. such a love and for me, which I still love and I haven't lost passion for. And I'm not, you know, the attitude of who's next actually protects you from 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 injuring yourself by sticking around too long and whatever and just watching whatever you've, quote, quotation marks, built dwindle yeah. into something that isn't good anymore yeah. by hanging on too long. It protects you. And it's almost as if God understands that we <laughs> should put others before ourselves. And, uh, you know, it's uh, putting others before yourself just, I mean, it is, it is something that, that is uh, most fundament- fundamentally following Jesus and being like Jesus. And I think we should try to be like that. And I think we'll... When we do that, um, it becomes easier and easier the more we practice it. Yeah, and it honors the individual. It honors God. It mm-hmm. gives God the control. You know, it's right. like, yeah, God's going to move these people through whatever He wants to do. And as you know, there have been several people that could have been next over the years. And when we have that mentality, it's exciting because some some new person shows up. And you're like, oh, well, maybe this is the next person. You know, what is God going to do with this person? 
you know, and then they move off to somewhere else, you know, and then you start over with the next person. <laughs> yeah, it's like David. David was the youngest one, you know, yeah. unlikely. Uh, and, and I'm here uh, sitting with, I know all of us have that in common. It's, you look back and you're like, wow, me? <laughs> you know, this isn't what I had in store. But again, to what you said, Ben, God is the one that's in control. Um, I want to thank you, Taylor, for the questions. Joel, I want to welcome you back, man. And Ben, I want to thank you for nine incredible years as worship pastor. And I want to thank God that you ain't going anywhere. Amen. But if you do have any questions now for worship ministry, Ben, do you want to say it? Yeah, let, just let me give you Joel's number. I'm, uh, I'm not in charge of that anymore. I'm going to get a T-shirt printed with Joel's number on it. <laughs> and that's a wrap. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.